Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 5, Episode 34. Josh Horowitz of Mile Split and I give you everything you need to know about the distance races heading into the upcoming tournament. Let's hit it. All right, Colin Altavote and Josh Horowitz. This was the original podcast. Gosh, would that have been almost two full years ago, right? Yeah, it would have been the 2021 track meet, state track meet at Ben Davis yep. that I asked you to come on the real stat guy and, uh, and do a little preview. I think we did a preview, and then I was like, I kind of like doing that. And that was back before Zoom like limited stuff and we just sat and talked and then we did a, a recap of like a the overall state and then my own my own team at that point um which is still my team um so you you're writing for mile split you're back on the podcast now that is your podcast that has kind of spun off into this one or motivated me to start this one um and you coach at bloomington south currently but what's next josh yeah so it's uh, I, I guess semi big news for, for my coaching career, my life, uh, you know, all things running coaching. But next fall, I'll actually be the, um, I'll be an assistant on the Westfield girls cross country coaching staff, um, with Coach Scott Litzkin as the head coach, and yeah, in another the, Indiana runner guy. Yep, and in the track season, the plan is to be the girls distance coach, uh, for the girls, uh, in the track season. So. Uh, I'll be coming back up to the Carmel Indy Westfield area uh, to live and uh, be coaching in Westfield. So your, r- really your exciting old, stuff. Your old stomping grounds back when you were a high school student at Carmel High School. That's right. That's right. I'll be I'll be in the next town over. So here's our gimmick. We're going to do distance preview. We're going to preview each race. There are what we would consider to be four distance races in the tournament. 800, 1600, 3200, four by eight. We'll do in order of the race distance. So start at the 800, work our way up, and then end with the four by eight. I'm going to set a four minute timer on my watch. Once the timer goes off, we're going on to the next one. Got it. It's a boy's first year, although. The girls sectional and regional meets are before the boys sectional and regional meets, which in the interest of the overall state and the best opportunities for the kids, we need to switch that, right? Yeah, th- this has been a, a conversation all year, I feel like, with the, you know, what goes first at what meets. And we always talk about the, you know, if it's a boys first meet, try to have the boys first throughout the season. And we, I think every meet we've had a different format just based on where the meet is, what's going on. And, you know, it's, it's, it's for us to adapt to, but um, I, I think it makes sense to have, have it flop. Yeah. Have boys first on boys first, or boys on Tuesdays on boys first years. And now as a boys first. coach, I like, I like having the meet on Thursday and then being able to kind of regroup do something smaller Saturday and then the big workout, you know, three days before on, 
on Monday. Monday. I like that rather than if you were coming in and trying to do the big workout Saturday morning and you're off schedule and that kind of thing. But what's overall good for all of the kids would be, yeah, we need the same format. It doesn't make sense to have the girls regional on Tuesday and then not have the state meet until the next Saturday. Right. And on the, on the odd numbered years, that's how it's, how it's always been. And that's a, it's a big 10, 10 day gap uh, Which, to figure yeah. out, to figure out what to do. Which is a lot. All right. Are you ready? Ready. I'm starting my timer. The boys 800. This one seems to be a, a mystery because we just don't know who's going to be in it. And then there was the, the incredible race at the Hamilton County meet which I think produced four of the five best times so far uh, this season. So what, what are you thinking? So a lot of it's going to come down to maybe who's fresh, right? Um, who, Cause a lot of these guys will, that we see. So let's just look through the leaderboard briefly. Those top five, first of all, Matisson, Barco, Matthew Kim, Colin Lacomic, Charlie Leadkey. Will I any would, of I those would, guys be fresh? I think only one. Okay. And the others most likely coming from either the 16 or the some of them the four by eight. Right. Or so I think the question or, or both. Um, I think the question is who will be the the freshest, fastest guy? Who who has the top seed or the top time that's gonna be fresh? Um, and that person might not even win, right? Because it could be pretty far down the list. Um, who's who's this, the one you think that... This is the one, too, that sometimes produces a surprise winner, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's... Oh, well, Camden Marshall won that one year in the 1600, and that was a surprise, but it wasn't like no one had ever even heard of him. Versus, right. like, William Neubauer... Keith Abramson, a lot of these guys who obviously were good and they were good enough to win, but they didn't have necessarily the past performances of some of these other guys. And it's because it's tucked in so late into the meet that it, it could produce a surprise winner versus mm -hmm. someone that's already given a, his team a 152 on the four by eight or already run the 1600. Uh, unless you're an all-time great guy and maybe there are two potentially in this right. field but the 1600 precludes you from from doing really well in the 800 because it's only like an hour between yeah and you're gonna have to run as hard as, as you can in the 1600 versus at the sectional or the regional meet you can get away with just cruising and then and then mm -hmm. killing it in the 800 or cruising both of them and giving your team a four by four like like at the state meet that's not an option yeah, my, my note for, for the boys 800 was kind of just who knows because kind of like you said, it's the one where it's most likely to have a surprise if there is a surprise. Um, if you look, if you look, or if you think about like on paper going into these meets, the 800 is the one that on paper ends up being the most different. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the one example would have been like Reese Kilbarger Stumpf a year ago, thinking he would for sure score in the 800. Well, then he runs two races already, and it becomes very difficult at that point. Um, someone who was one of the fastest 800 guys in the state. So a lot of who's running when, who's running what, um, what the double is, and who, 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 who will be fresh. So I'm looking at the top 13 on the leaderboard right now. Two of them go to Carmel. Two of them go to Franklin Central. 
and two of them go to Zionsville. And those, to me, seem the top three relays also. Which makes sense. Right. Um, I, I Actually, I shouldn't say two of them go to Franklin Central. One of them goes to Franklin Central and one of them goes to Bloomington North. And we'll get more into that when we get to the four by eight and, and what happens. Real quick, 15 seconds left on this one. If there's a surprise winner, and, and feel free to say, I don't know. If there's a surprise winner, who, who would you pick? Nick Clean. Nasty Nate. There's something about this Nick Cook from Wapahani. I don't know. He ran 155 flat in a dual meet, and if he just gets into it fresh, it's like, all right, here we go. Right. And that's know. what I'm saying, Pick, picking the guy who might be the freshest. Right. All right, we're switching. I'm resetting the, lot, the clock. Girls 800. This one to me seems more straightforward now that we've we've been able to see a lot of the girls' performance lists, so we know who's in what. It could it could change too because we've seen performance lists, we've seen heat sheets, but there could be alternates and like you could enter somebody in all three or put them as an alternate in one and then talk at practice and switch around. I don't think that's going to happen in this case. Right. F full disclosure, you have seen more heat sheets and performance lists than I have, have really not looked a ton. Um, so I'll, I'll get, I'll give the, the insight I can with what I've seen, which might be Gret good. Gretchen Farley's not entered into the 1600. Okay. That's the one I saw. She's in the entered in the eight and the 32 as of right now. Correct. Yes. Which is very okay. interesting. Very interesting. Um, so yeah, if, if we look at the girls 800, there's the Nikki Sutherland at 210 with a, three and a half second lead on the field. We know mm -hmm. Gretchen Farley can go two ten. She did a HSR um, in, the, I think in the DMR. I, I had heard at the Marion County meet that she split 206. And they, they ran yeah. 930. And their other two after those two stars are, are not, not great. So to run 930, it makes sense that someone ran like yeah. a 206. Yes. Yes. Um if she's so, fresh, we think Farley's going to win because Sutherland won't be fresh, right? Right. So as far as we know, if, if Farley is fresh, it, it's, it's this kind of the same mindset, like the fastest, freshest person. And that's mm -hmm. as at this point, we think it would be Farley. Uh, I mean, she's the fastest, even the, if right the fastest, like if everyone was fresh. Right. The fastest, freshest, so long as there's not somebody that is head and shoulders above the rest of the field. Yes. And on the boys' side, there, there, there might, there might be, maybe, but on the girls' side, there's not. Yeah. Right. And, and then I so think the, we can assume that Sutherland will not be fresh in the 800. I could see her being fresh in either of the other two distance events, but I, I don't. If she's in it, I don't think she's fresh. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and then again, similar to the boys' 800, who's coming back from the four by eight? You know feel pretty confident that Summer Rempe, Noblesville, will be on the 4x8. Mm -hmm. uh, Ellie Barada, Bloomington South, pretty confident she'll be on the 4x8. Um, Cebolo from Carmel. So you have a few of these girls that... And Cebolo was second in the 400 last year. Right. And not to mention that uh, Barada from South also has a top time in the 400. So, right. you know, some of these girls might not even be in the 800. Right. Um, then the Hamilton Southeastern performance lists are out and Sebelo is entered into the 400 and she's entered as an alternate in the 800. So, so Carmel shout out has, you know, until, until Thursday to decide and, and could mix some things yeah. around. Yeah. 
Right. Um, and so to your earlier point, this one's pretty straightforward. I, I would, I would only see two names that could, that would win this For, from here, you know, three weeks behind two names are the ones I would see. And that would be either Sutherland or Farley. I, it seems to me that Farley who has not won a state championship, individual state championship, um, is all in to win one gives herself the best chance in the 800 and who are we to argue that also she's right. And um, I think, I think she's, she's the obvious favorite in this. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember, do you remember what Wiley ran last year? Was it like 206? Two, yeah. 206. Uh, I think that, I think you that want me to find the decimal. Meet, I think that state meet record. No, I don't think so. I think that state meet record could be in jeopardy as well. 20626. Yeah, I think that could be in in jeopardy. But also yeah. if she is coming back in the 3200, how much, you know, how do you factor that in and yeah. that kind of thing? All right. Starting it over. Boys 1600. There was a race. It was a little longer than 1600 and it produced a, a surprising result in mid April. Now that's, you know, 6 or seven weeks before the state meet. What are we thinking in the boys 1600? So I, I feel pretty confident, um, and you might be able to answer this for us, that Cole Matisson will be in the 1600 in one way or another. Yes, um, confirmed. So if you are Martin Barco from Martinsville, mm-hmm. you ran 407, you ran 152, you ran... 850 uh 857 right 858 857 you have the top time in those events outside of coleman teeson you can catch other people on second events be fresh for any either of the other two and and possibly win but you could also possibly win the 1600 i mean he showed that he can beat coleman teeson i would be surprised if he didn't run the 1600 no i i Right. I would be surprised. I no, I agree. I agree because you know it's the balance of how high can you place in two events where if you want to try but to if win you a go to championship, if you, there's a but, if you go to Martinsville or Burbuff or Franklin Central or Bloomington North, that's different than if you go to Carmel or Brownsburg or Plainfield. Not that all those schools have star distance runners well i mean two of them do but that that's the interesting part as as you head into the tournament of like what can you do and so you know taylor and i are going to do a team specific team preview podcast who are the contenders and if you go straight through the leaderboards it pops out one result but there's also another part of that that's like well cole who has the best time in the 800 and the 3200 is clearly not going to win both of those events at the state meet in fact he can't run both of those events at the state meet and that's coming from the person who has thought about that more than anybody else over the last year is this feasible and the answer is no it's just not yeah so yeah so to your point i mean i i do i agree i think barco will run the 16 um having won the confidence that he's done it before, but two to place high in two events and who knows, maybe Cole is coming off um, one event already. And that will be a second who knows that makes him more beatable, but um, Barco could come away with 
two seconds or a second and a first. And I, I think running the 16 to start is, is the right thing. It definitely seems like it's going to come down to those two guys based off yeah. that meet based off the other races that we've seen. One has run one fifty, one has run one fifty-two. Um, You know, the one fifty was against much better competition, but let's, let's run down the last 45 seconds here. Let's run down through the list. Cause here are the best times in the, in the 1600 this year. And they're all converted 1600 from the full mile at the Franklin central showcase. They're, they're almost all converted. Cameron Todd from Burbuff. Are we positive? He's going to run the 1600. Oh, um, yes. No, positive? Yes. no, I don't, I don't think we're positive. <laughs> so no, I guess that's enough. <laughs> Braden Hinkle from Franklin central. Are we positive? He's going to run the 1600 fresh. Are we positive? That's going to be his oh, focus. No. Kyle Clark, are we positive that's going to be his focus? No. Nate Killeen, are we positive that's going to be his focus? No. Will Conway, are we positive that's going to be his focus? No. Matthew Helton from Zionsville, he's not even entered. Those heat sheets have come out. So, I mean, you can kind of get where I'm going with on that. Yes, that there's two, people know there's two, and people are saying, let there be two. Mm-hmm uh girls 1600 this to me seems similar because we've seen some of the heat sheets some of the entries not all of them uh sophia kennedy is entered i I think it starts with that because she's got the best performance so far this year and that comes via the franklin central showcase it is when i say the best performance i'm also it is the best performance. It's by less than a tenth of a second over Nikki Sutherland. Do we think Kennedy runs the sixteen hundred at the state meet? Long pause. Um, right now, I would say yes. Just based on I don't know. I think what we've seen, like the I, the heat sheets, tell something. And the fact that she's entered 1632 and Farley 832, mm-hmm. um, unless that's just, you know, they're, they're using their options of, hey, be in the events, see who else is in what, and then we can pick which ones we do. Because it would um, be no problem for them to run those advance after the sectional. And it's the information age. You're yeah. going to know what's happening in these other sectionals as it's happening, right? I mean, their coaches, their parents, they have iPhones, they can figure out what's going on at these at these other places. So mm-hmm. although maybe we're posturing because Kennedy does all that, Sutherland does all that, Farley does all that, uh Canabla maybe does all that. And then we're just kind of all looking at each other like, well, what what's next? Right. Every, everyone tries to do their thing to find out the information and then the information's all the same. Right. The um, game theory I, of it. Yeah. It's, so we we had talked after the flashes showcase or around the Cromwell showcase about you know, the, the three potential winners of the 16, eight and the 32 and, you know, that, that being so in the 16, Farley eight, Kennedy 32. Right. What, I mean, what that changed seems... that, but, but what would have changed like Sophia Kennedy nothing. running 447? I guess. I mean, nothing really changes what, what seems the most logical outcome to this, which is Sutherland runs the 1600 against neither Kennedy nor Farley and wins 
and then maybe comes back in a secondary event. Yeah. She probably is entered in. I haven't seen the ones from whatever sectional that Delta's in. Um, she probably is entered in the 1600, the 800, the 3200. That'd be no problem for her at that sectional. Um, Sutherland wins that. Farley wins the 800, and Kennedy wins the 3200. That just seems the easy division yeah. of those three state titles for the three of them. And then the one that the one athlete that maybe could get into some of those would be Canablo, Addison Canablo from, from Homestead, but she's not quite on the same level as Kennedy Sutherland or Farley this year. She's very close. She's close enough that it, it's, it's not crazy. She could run a really good race and catch one of them. Um, which also could be if everybody insists on doubling, she could be waiting for somebody in the 3,200 fresh and get them. Right. So that's what I was kind of getting at. Like we, if we look through the decisions or the processes, how much time we got? Um, 20 seconds. Sutherland, we pretty sure in the 16 Farley, yeah. we're, we, we know the eight. So it really comes down to if Kennedy is in the 16, that 32, somebody could catch them fresh and that could be Canablo. Um, I think also, Kennedy, I think it's possible that Kennedy is so far ahead of the field in some ways that she could win both. Right. right. Even if someone's waiting for a fresh of those top three, even if Sutherland's waiting for a fresh. Yep. Canabo is also on a four bite. Could be at least. Mm. I mean, they've got a They've got a top time. Uh, girls 1600. So boys 3200. There are five boys that have broken nine minutes this year which is unprecedented heading into the tournament. Yeah. But I think we're at the same point with that, right? What, what do you mean? We're at the same point as we are in the 1600 and, and maybe even in the 800 of like, yeah, man, I don't know. Yeah. So, I also wrote who knows for the 32. Do you want, do you want to go through the list here? Maybe we just start with that. Yeah. Um, having having said that, I do know. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to divulge all of that on here right now. Uh, so top time is Cole Matisson. Shout out, eight fifty six. Second best time is Martin Barco of Martinsville, eight fifty seven. I'd be surprised if he was in that at the state meet. I agree. I see him as 16-8. Yeah. And that's what he did last year. Yeah. And for for someone for someone like Barco, the 1600-3200 double on average is easier because it has more rest. And they're two slightly different events. There's the there's the high anaerobic component of the 1600, and the much lower anaerobic component is you get closer to 10 minutes of race time of the 3200. That I think that's an easier double than the 1600 and 800. I think it's a lot more likely that we see somebody run the 1600 and come back in the 800 and they're just way off of their previous performances because they're just toast and it goes out in 55 and they just can't hang on versus you can kind of get stay into it hang into it in the 3200 
and be okay. For a guy that finished in the 40s or 50s at the state meet, I think that's really tough. I think it'd be easier for him to do the 1600 and the 800. I think either way, it's going to be it's going to be challenging. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. I, I've been looking the whole time at him doing 16.8, but you know, we'll see. For okay, 8:58, third best time. Tony Provenzano from Carmel. He'll he'll be in it. Mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just tell you now. He's going to be in that. Mm-hmm. 8:58, Cameron Todd from Burbuff. Yeah, he scored in the sixteen hundred last year, not the thirty two hundred. He could do both. I think he could run the sixteen hundred, come back, and maybe he he could run a, a really good race and hang on the back end and finish seventh, eighth, or ninth, and run nine oh eight, nine oh seven, whatever you know, whatever it takes to finish in the top nine. But we just don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, wait. What, what do you think will place ninth? Would place ninth this 905, year. 906. Wow. I, guess, I mean, it's usually right. under, it's usually around 910. So I guess it's not too far. I fresh. mean, I think the standard is only 917. So I don't, Certainly. I don't think it's going to be that. But you, you look through the list of all these guys and how many boys have run under 920. Well, that's because we have a showcase meet that's only the 3200 yeah. and they all do it versus yeah. like Cole's not only going to run the 3200. Barco's not only going to run the 3,200. Todd probably won't. Kyle Clark, is he only going to run the 3,200 at the state meet? That seems unlikely to me. I think he runs the 1,600. That's that's all we got. Perfect. Uh, Girls 3,200. Same same questions, but maybe not quite as uncertain. Yeah, so, again, if, if Kennedy's there... She's the the clear front runner, the clear favorite. Um, Canablo, we talked about possibly coming back from a four bite, but she would be in there. Farley, if she actually goes eight hundred thirty two hundred, it'd be a little tougher. But I mean, she, she can hang on to the back end yeah. of that, but yeah. she, she's not gonna she's not gonna come out run two oh six and then turn around no. and run ten thirty. She might be able to turn around. And and it's an aerobic race and flush out enough of that lactic acid to kind of hang on mm. and run eleven minutes and does that, but that's yeah. that's gonna be really tough. That's gonna so be an, really tough. So there's another one. Would you would be surprised if the winner was someone outside of Kennedy Canablo Sutherland? Oh yeah. I, I would be surprised if the winner was anybody besides Kennedy because I think she's all in to win an event and and mm-hmm. she probably knows that her best chance is the thirty two hundred. There was talk on the on the board, the message board about can park tutor girls get to forty? And someone said that's outrageous. And then I, somebody else had said, Well, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's totally crazy, but well they it's just those two girls, right? Is there like a like a pole vaulter or a long jumper or somebody that i'm missing i know they have a boys sprinter and a boys four by one but right. they can't get to 40 because you... they're they're they can't both get 10 in the 3200 right right well, someone that has thought about is... that a lot can you finish first and first in the 3200 well in my expert opinion what i've determined is no you cannot Right. So yeah, the 40 number becomes hard. Um, 
not to mention that just those doubles are <laughs> pretty impossible. hard or impossible um, w- without a triple, without a triple in there, obviously, but they're not right. listed. They're not they're listed. Not li- very bad, so. Yeah. Now they could be the alternate and get them in there, but, yeah. and I know that Wiley did it last year and Farley is very, very, very good, but she's not quite Addison Wiley in yeah, terms I, of potential performance. Yeah. I, I mentioned this during HSR when, you know, Kennedy and Farley both did that quadruple and Wiley kind of made us numb to how, how crazy like that, four, those four. Oh, yeah. You preach into the choir here. Somebody that's yeah. lived thinking through this over the last yeah. six months. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, on the girls side, Kennedy's got the best time. Um, 10.07. Canabla ran 10.12. Farley did run 10.13 and Sutherland ran 10.14. They were all fresh. That was at that Carmel showcase. Lily Baker of Columbus North has run 1031. She's not entered into the uh, 3200. And even if she was, that would be her third event. And she's very, very good, but she's not quite that good to do the four by the 16 and the 3200 at the state meet. Um, in this in this current climate, right, in this, in this field, uh, I think back to like, uh, even when you were in high school, the Harris sisters did it. Uh, one of the, I think Kelsey Harris might've done it one year at the state meet, but the, the, the field is so far advanced, not even just with super spikes, but it's just so far ahead of what it would have been six or eight yeah. years ago. Um, yeah. Oh, 10, 28 won the state meet in 2016. And that would be. Well, and like, at that yeah. point we were like, oh my God, 10, 28. Right. Right. Yeah. That, and now it's like, what's that going to get you? Yeah. Six, yeah. seventh. I mean, it just right. depends too. We got to split it up. All right, here we go. I would I would say these are the premier events. Maybe I did You and I are just big school guys. Maybe we're more into relays than the average Joe. Boys four by eight. Hold on, I got to find out my sheet. Um, all right, boys four by eight. This this has probably been the event we've talked about the most. Um, in our in our text chat. Mm-hmm. Um, there are now what eight teams that have broken eight um and as we know the four by only gets faster as the tournament goes um 748 zinesville the leader right now so uh outdoor leader the one for fishers what outdoor leader what was it oh yes yes yes, yes. 748 um, indoors as well yes uh, 752 for Franklin Central, 53 for Columbus North. Um, but Franklin, obviously... so Franklin Central was all by themselves. Yes, and yeah, and then at HCC, Zinesville, Fishers, Brown. They, right, they had each there, other but, yeah. running against each other. Yeah. So um, this, who, like, who's going to be on the relays? Because as we we you know we just saw Carmel have a 150 and a 153. That's 17 seconds. Under you know the, under the two mark like yeah they're gonna they're gonna run it. they're gonna run it okay so I don't no need guess to when you're in that position I could just tell you like now I you know I we we had a whole long meeting our our once annual ten to fifteen minute meeting before the tournament saying here's what we're thinking what we're gonna do and I remember saying like well here's the plan I've kept you guys updated about this all year maybe too much. Like every time I change my mind about something, I make sure they all know and probably like, all right, man, just let us know in May. But 
and I said, like, it used to be like in politics, they'd say like a politician would change their mind on a topic. And that was like a mark against that person. And they would say like, oh, you're a flip flop or you're it's like, well, I get new information and I change my mind. That's actually good. Now that I know better, I'm doing better. So, yeah, I mean, I reserved the right to say later on, like, actually, no, we looked at it and we could finish fourth without either of these guys and solidify things later. And we end up doing that. But our our plan is to run our four best boys in the state meet the four by eight. Yeah, no, that's great. And you have the, the firepower to do it and post a good time. That's when you get new information, you make, you're able to make a new and better right. informed decision. And, and I'm sure as with all of my fine philosophies that I've changed over time in another week, I may, I may think differently, but as of right now, that that's our plan. The two teams to me that are most interesting for the boys four bite would be Columbus North 753 and Bloomington North 756. And I think they ran Bloomington North's time is from this Bloomington North meet where Columbus North's time is from conference, Indiana. But I think that they, I think that they ran similar times against each other at conference, Indiana, right? Yeah. You want the rundown of what happened? The short, the short little rundown. Um, The Columbus North got the baton ahead of Bloomington North by a few seconds I, I say a few, it was probably three or four seconds and Bloomington North anchor essentially made it all up on the first lap. I, I want to say his first 400 was 52 or 53 on the first this, four. Was this a freshman? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he, and he just, Caleb Winders. Yeah. And he, and he just, you know, used a lot of it on that first lap and, you know, ran out at the end. So they were right there. And then coming back for that Bloomington North twilight meet, they were able to, do the 756 but basically saying that they were in that same spot as columbus north um but they did it without kyle clark on that relay. so so that's the question there's there's two and the the time's up but i think we've got an extra 30 seconds if we want the question is does does bloomington north use kyle clark knowing that that could be the extent then of his state meet i mean you could use it all it could be a 151 leg but you can use it all up there does Columbus North use Will Russell, who's not necessarily the strongest of 800 meter runners, but could be very high up in the four by eight? And is it worth it to you if you feel that you're not a contender? If you feel you are a contender, you you probably go all in. But then, do you look around at what some of these other schools have and and, and go for it? And the answer is, I don't I don't know. The other team I think to look out for would be Center Grove who's only run 803 and that was a stacked relay and they actually were kind of pushed there by uh, a, another uh, certain large schools, B team, B minus team. And um, I don't know. What do you uh, think? This is ninth. Time wise. 750. Okay. I think, I think, think Fortnite's back. I think a few weeks ago you said 753. <laughs> I think it's, it's going to be hot. Yeah. Um, but that would also be, you know, does Columbus North do it? Does Bloomington North do it? If if not, that that bumps things down. Oh, I think Bloomington North scores without without Clark, mm-hmm. anyways. Uh, okay, uh, three forty five girls four by eight. Uh, it, even you know what? Even more you know, of we should, you know, we yeah, should we should. Yeah, we don't have enough time on this. Mm-hmm. This this probably needs six to eight minutes. And I don't want to short. I don't want to shortchange the girls. And it's know. a girls. It's a girls last year, meaning the girls are supposed to get the spotlight in the showcase. And I don't want to just have gotten to the end of this and not talk about 
what is the most exciting event for the girls. So executive decision here, let's talk about the girls four by eight and then the other stuff we wanted to get to, including your article that's gonna be up on mile split. This is great. This is a great ESPN type tease. And we're gonna talk about those things, including coaching, which you know a lot about because I was your high school coach. And we'll talk about that after the break. Former Carmel High School and Indiana University runner Ben Veach has started a coaching program. Ben is offering personal coaching for any level of runner from middle school, high school, college, or post-collegiate, and any distance from the 800 to the marathon. Ben is a former 10-time high school state champion. I have great memories from that. Seven-time Big Ten champion, three-time NCAA All-American, and now runs professionally for Under Armour in Flagstaff, Arizona. For a monthly fee, Ben is offering complete training plans, workouts, mentoring, race strategy, and unlimited communication through text, calls, or email. If you're looking to get the most out of yourself and your training, you can contact Ben through Instagram or email. Ben's Instagram is bveachxc. That's B as in boy, V as in Victor, E-A-T-C-H-X-C. Ben's email is ben underscore veach at yahoo.com. That's ben underscore veach, B-E-N-V-E-A-T-C-H at yahoo.com. And we're back. Okay. So we didn't get a chance to, we ran a little over. We're known to do that on this podcast. Yeah, th- yeah, different things come into the conversation. So, let's talk about what maybe the most interesting race heading into the state finals, certainly of all the eight distance races. Um, and obviously relays, you don't know what anybody's going to do. There's a much higher variance than the known of this is the best girl in the 800 or this is the best boy in the 3200. The girls four by eight. This is probably the one you and I have talked the most about over the last week or so. So what in the heck is going on with the girls four by eight? Yeah. If if the the boys four by eight was the one we've talked about the most over the last few months, this is certainly the one we've talked the most about in the last week or so. Um, and I think what started to stir the pot just a little bit more was Bloomington South four by eight going nine fifteen at the Bloomington North Twilight. Meet. Okay, so they still had. I don't think you'll mind me saying this. Okay, you, you and I have known each other for a long time. I was your high school coach. I knew you when you were fifteen. You now coach in a different area of the state than where I coach. I coach at the same place I coached when you were in high school. So you and I talk a lot about coaching things, et cetera. I texted you the day of the morning of that meet. We may have already been texting, but I brought up, like I broached the subject of, hey, wait a minute, you've got one, Bloomington South has got one athlete really high up in the open 800 on the leaderboards You've got another star distance runner. 
not in that upper echelon of all time kind of legends, but but in that next tier. And you've got a pair of twins who are good distance runners after that. I was like, what could you run in the four bite? And then what happened that night? They they ran it. And they they ran about the time frame that I think I gave you between 915 and 920. Right. Um I think it was 914. Well, they they went 915.58. 915. Okay. Yeah. Um so that that happens. And then at the same time, like Valparaiso had went from 921 to 919. Uh, they're obviously the defending state champions. So they obviously have and did that all know, by right themselves. to be there. Yes, did that by themselves. As as did Bloomington South. Right. And so it it just it, it brought into the conver- the conversation a new team, but there's still all these other teams that have run pretty fast and have potential to maybe even run faster. Um, and just, it makes for a big mix of, of things. So as I'm looking at the teams on the boys side, my question is who has two boys that can run 153? Carmel, Zionsville, Bloomington North, Franklin Central. Those are the teams that can win it. Two boys that can run. And it's not just that, right? Because obviously the four bite is decided by the aggregate of all four boys. But you can just reasonably assume that these bigger schools, good established distance programs are going to be able to find 157s, 158. So who's got two boys that can run 153? My question then on the girls' side is, who's got two girls that can run 215? Bloomington South, yes. Noblesville, yes. Homestead, I think so. Carmel, yes. Columbus North, yes. Hamilton Southeastern, I think so. Park Tudor, well, that's the exception. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the aggregate of four, um, right? And that's that's kind of one of the things we talked about in our conversation, and you know, some of that having to do where you put certain people on the relay. But if you have it's something you spent all of your time thinking about in May. And then ultimately the only thing that matters is the aggregate of those four times. Right. So it's like, well, we want to put them in a good position, but we spend hours upon hours thinking about it as we're running or we're watching them practice or we're on the stair step or whatever fourth period during our prep. And then it's ultimately like, ah, you know, what really matters is how they do when they're running. Right. Right. But if, if, like we're saying, if you have the luxury to, you know, put someone at the beginning, get off to a good start and still have an, an under 215 anchor leg, those are the teams that we're watching out for the most. And the teams we just listed are, you know, some of those top teams. And then as you look at some of the times, 915 Bloomington South is, you know, let's let's become sandwich artists here. Is there a sub to make in that group? Is there someone that wasn't involved in the 915 that might save a few seconds? I think there I think there might be. I think there might be. Valpo 919. Is there a sub in there? Valpo's got to look around. They just kind of have. I think John had said this at one of the meets, like, and I was joking with him afterwards. He was like, Well, we've got a bunch of really good ones, but we don't have that 206. And I was like, okay, well, John, nobody has 206. Um Noblesville, well, one team does. Well, right, but then they don't have the three, <laughs> and the and the three and the four. 
um, Noblesville 924 and that didn't have a 504 1600 runner in it. So you think, okay, if you swap out your fourth fastest leg, what can that 504 for 1600 run? I mean, it's got to be something, something good. Um, Northview, I think they're a, lim a little more limited on their upside, but Northview was leading through 3000. They led for 3000 full meters or more at HSR. Valpo wasn't there. I believe the South didn't run their best girls in it. Um, Carmel 927. So three seconds behind Noblesville at the Hamilton County meet. Same thing. Jimmy Johns, like there was a 230 leg in that. Can you take her out and put in a 220? Yeah. Uh, are they going to do it? Don't know. Columbus North 927. They won. I think they're going to go for it. Hamilton Southeastern 928. There's there's a couple subs to make there. So then the question is who goes for it? And I would, I, you know, not everybody asked me for their opinion. Uh, some of the people do. And I would say if you're any of those teams, I would go for it. I would go and for so, it. Yeah. And so now, how, how many teams do you, do you see going for it or have, have the actual chance that, that could do it? If things, you know, yeah. broke, broke their way. Blooming do we want to go over the pie Valpo, chart? Noblesville. Homestead, Carmel, Columbus North, those six certainly. HSE could could get into it. Um, you know, the other part is like do you kind of like we talked about with with our boys, do you do you say, well, we could finish fourth or fifth without using these stars and that that helps the stars out later, or maybe just if you have a, a a true a true star a true you know kind of legend does that just solidify where she is or where he is more in the later race so do you walk away from potentially winning which is its own thing too it's its own value it's not just 10 points winning a relay at the state yeah. meet is something that that is is there forever mm -hmm. um do you walk away from that and try to get fourth or fifth but if any of these schools it's like, oh, we're gonna we're not gonna run our best kids, and maybe we're just in it for the points. Like you might find yourself seventh or eighth in a hurry. And these, you know, these 924, 927, 928, those are not gonna stick around at the state meet. I mean, it's gonna be nine. The winner's gonna be nine flat. Right, and so it's like then how many of these teams can actually go nine flat to nine oh five? Because some of these nine twenties, um, well, as we talked about the four by an event that gets faster as the tournament goes, but how many of these teams have right. more upside than others? Right, well, we know we, some of them have a little bit more. You know, we mentioned like two two fifteen. How many of them have two two fifteen legs? Well, nine flat is four two fifteen legs. Yeah, and. Then it doesn't necessarily become about the upper end of that. It's more about how good your third and fourth girls are. And if that's the case, then I like Valpo. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna buy Valpo stock, and I, 
I'm going to fade Homestead and Carmel. Do you, do you put Bay. anything into um, just the like the experience of, you know, if you've run in this meet before, especially like Valparaiso winning last year, a few of those girls are the same. Yeah. And the, co- and the coaching aspect of Valpo. I mean, you and I called that meet last year at the in in Bloomington it was in Bloomington last year for the IHSA and it like watching the watching the Valpo girls close the last 150 meters and granted I mean I get it they they also had a had a girl that could run like 206 which is uh not very common in the history of the sport but they were also leading when she got the baton and they were leading because the other three girls, I don't want to say no name, but I don't remember any of their names. So, you know, they weren't stars, but they were obviously trained well enough that the end of the 800, the end of any distance race is not about speed, but the end of the 800 isn't about hammering the last 200 meters and flying around people. It's just about slowing down a little bit less than everybody else. And Valparaiso proved last time that that they could do that. Noblesville, Columbus North, Carmel, these were the top three teams in cross country. We have to assume then that they're probably in a good position to do that as well. But Valpo did it last year. Right. And just, just to the point, like Kaylee Pelitza could have run a 210 on the last leg and they still would have won. Um, so the, yeah, the, the 206 obviously is huge, but having then, the lead going into that. You know, it's NBA playoff time, right? They always say like the, the team with the best player in the series tends to win. And I think we just mm-hmm. we kind of saw that right game seven today. I mean, Tatum was the best player in that series and they won today, but like of all those teams who has the best single individual, it, that's, it's a complete oversimplification of that. I get it. But if that's the case, yeah, it's summer Rempe. Yes. I think Lily Myers could be close. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what Noblesville has or uh, Valparaiso has rather. Uh, Northview, Elia Hayes, I, I think that they could be reasonably close. Lily Baker, that's reasonably close, but I think Rempe mm-hmm. is the best and, out of all of them. Yeah. Well, and, and if you just look at the 800 leaderboard, the fact that there's seven girls between 214 and 215, essentially, and yeah, a lot is, of those. That is flat. I think, do you think two? Do you think 214 is 153 if we're going to compare boys to girls? That's a good question. I was thinking about that. Um, I mean, yeah, because, well, 215 at least, like, yeah, considering that you're talking about 215 or, or 153 being like if you have two of them. So we're kind of saying if you have two 215s. Right. Yeah, I think it's uh, 153 is 214, 215. Yeah, because that and that would be if you had two fifteen, that'd be nine flat. And if you had one fifty threes, that's seven. Well, that that that's a little fast for one fifty threes, right? Because that that'd be equal to a seven thirty two four by eight. If you want to look at it yeah. that way, so maybe it's more like two. The difference is they're just for whatever reason, and it could be that boys sports are just a certain number of years ahead of girls sports we're seeing this in college basketball right so there was the yukon stage where yukon won 
10 years in a row or 12 years in a row or whatever it was. And people would say, well, no one takes women's college basketball seriously because it's the same team every year. And it's like, whoa, 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 hold on. If we back up 30 years or 50 years, whatever, probably somewhere in the middle of those two timeframes, UCLA won eight years in a row or 10 years in a row or 12 or 13 or whatever. And now we're starting to see more parity in girls sports that I think in more, more depth, essentially, that there's just more good players to go around because these girls are growing up and their parents were athletes when they were in, you know, when they were in, they're currently in high school. And when their parents were in high school, they were athletes as opposed to people more my age who their parents probably weren't athletes in high school because it was before title nine. And that just wasn't really an option or it was slightly after title nine, but no one took it seriously that there's probably just more depth on the boys side for that reason. And right. I would hope that in 10, 15, 20 years, that, that may not be the case. Mm. Yeah. And you're briefly seeing, our, we talked about with like the 3,200 on the girl side, just how I, I think, you know, 11 minutes used to be, for the 32 like wow like if you were under 11 that's great and now that's not even meddling at the state meet and i would say like i what, remember 10, year, 40s the new 11 where it's like yeah, under, i remember yeah. a year when 11 20 was the standard and there were like <laughs> 31 32 33 girls at the state meet 11 20 i mean that's that wouldn't be anything now so we're certainly seeing and part of it is the spikes right and just the general evolution of any sport, but we're we're seeing it expedited on the girls' side yeah. as compared to the boys, and yeah. I think that's for, I think that's good, right? And for the reasons you said, like we're it, it's just it's catching up. Anything else on the four by eight? I think I think <laughs> each of those teams goes for it though. Um, I, I think I think Bloomington South goes for it. I think Valpo goes for, Valpo's going for it. Noblesville is going for it. Northview ran 9.24, and then their best leg turned around and ran 4.56 in the 1600. Yeah. She goes for it, though, right? Northview goes for it. Yeah, I, I think the only reason you might not go for it is if you think you can win an individual event. And as we talked about, that's I not some, likely for... <laughs> I think you're talking like somebody that went to Carmel High School, though. Oh, true. Um, I think sometimes it's harder to convince some of these kids who could finish high up in an individual event or convince their parents. Mm. That That is not a specific comment on Northview. I have no inside knowledge yeah. in that situation at yeah. all. But um, Homestead 925, I think Homestead goes for it. I think that's an interesting one. And I think that's one where... You, you're not the favorite and you don't put your best girl at the end. Again, that's not a specific comment on their best girl. I just think that's one where you try to put her somewhere in the middle and get a magic split and then just hope you can get a big enough lead and your last girl can hang on. I think that's a strategy there. I Carmel's... Last... Oh, good. Go ahead. You go ahead. Well, you're going through the thing. I was going to say the question would be like, what do we what would we see or learn in the sectional and the regional that would help no, us with nothing, this if anything nothing. Okay. we'll have no idea until this yeah. team yeah. yeah you just have to make the best decision for your own team and what do we value carmel and columbus north 927 each i think there's subs to make there if 
but I, you know, it's kind of like you've got girls, they could make it out in the 1600. You may not run them in the sectional or the regional and they're there and they're in the 1600. And it's like, it's like the way that Oscar on the office describes the Dundies as like being a kid's birthday party and you're just kind of there. <laughs> and it's like, yes, you've made it in the 1600, but you're just, you're there and there's, there's not much for you to do other than run the race, but it's kind of insignificant. The results are insignificant at that point. And I, I, I would guess that those, those are two veteran teams. You just, you put your four best on there and go for it. Right. Yeah, I, like that's a, if if you have a chance to go for it, even though there's a lot, like if you even have the slightest chance, you think you can do it. Unless you're in the team race, but I I don't think that that Carmel girls could be in the team race, and um, but I don't know that they've. You're not saving somebody that could help you score, and you're saving them for scoring in the 1600 or the 800. I don't think they're in that position. I think it's more like yeah. taking your fourth best girl out of the 1600 or running on the four bite before and then saying, have fun later. Um, that that would be my guess. And then HSC would, would be the other one. I, I don't know that HSC, you know, this is a pretty wide gap. HSC runs 928. Yeah, there's some subs to make, but is that sub saving you 13 seconds to get up to 915 right. or even 919 to Valpo? Also knowing that these times are not going to hold up to the state meet. It's going right. to be like nine. It's going to be close to nine flat. I really think it will yeah. be. At this point, this is the event I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. And that will that will start the meet on Saturday. Boys is Friday and the girls will be on yep. Saturday. All right. Uh, we've still got about 20 minutes on this next one. You've got your uh article coming up on mile split your storylines heading into the state meet yeah he heading into the postseason so we'll do um before the girls sectional we'll have 10 girls storylines before the boys sectional 10 boys storylines um the the i would say the three i'm about to share might not even make the list these are more general storylines but just to kind of um you know a little, a little teaser get excited for what's to come um the first one where can people find this article what do they have to, to type into their phone you go to in.milesplit.com that'll bring you to the home page of milesplit indiana um and you'll see in our our banner two stories two pictures that would say you know 10 storylines for the girls tournament 10 storylines for the boys tournament um you know, following on Instagram and Twitter, you can always see the links get posted to those websites uh, as long as well as Facebook. Um, awesome. So, yeah, a lot of stuff to look forward to there as we get to the tournament. Um, so for the storylines heading into the tournament, um, trying to stay away from distance since we just talked a lot of distance. There'll be more of that in the two articles. But um, first one, a little bit, I don't want to say lame of a storyline, but I just think something to think about with the way this season has gone and i want to hear your thoughts the weather always plays a part we know it gets a lot warmer a lot hotter in the state meet towards the end since the flashes showcase at least the meets i've been to it's probably been the most perfect weather 
season, like the the per- most perfect weather, like three weeks that I have had at meets. Yes, uh, except you live in southern Indiana. Well, yes. And there was the one weekend where northern Indiana they had to cancel all the meets. Yeah. Southern Indiana, it was perfect. In between, it was miserable, but we could still have the meet. Right. And so if we look at, um, you know, like again, the Carmel Showcase, the Flash Showcase, um, like can, can basically can those times, can those performance performances be replicated? And I think we've talked about it even then, like that's the, that was a perfect situation for a 3,200, right? But um, both with of as those cool as had the abs- absolute perfect weather you can have for that. Event. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, our, our teams realizing and preparing and so how do they go about, it's going to be warmer. It's going to be hotter. We're not going to run right. maybe as fast as we did. Okay. But... So you're, you're talking to the state's premier Amateur meteorologist. Yes. On the boys, I think 10 minutes is a good barrier in that no matter how hot it gets, if the race takes under 10 minutes, it doesn't really matter. So on the boys' side, we're good. But there's there's a an accumulation of that that if it's really hot if it's 90 if it's 88 degrees fahrenheit at the state meet it's going to make it a much more challenging to double on the girl side i think it could marginally affect the 3200 because they're slightly over 10 minutes but again because the girls races last a little bit longer every second above 10 seconds or above 10 minutes rather is going to have an effect and it's going to make it much harder to double are there going to be five boys that run under nine minutes at the state meet in the 3200 no because they were all on their first race that night because there's only one race um now some of them are significantly better in early june than they were in late april i can guarantee you but yeah, I don't think we'll see the same thing. Same thing on the on, for the 1600. A lot of those boys that had the best times, like I don't remember, what, what did Matt Helton from Zionsville get at Franklin Central, like sixth or eighth or whatever? Like he's not in it. So he's, right, he'll be on the four by eight. He'll be in the opening. Kyle Clark, is he in it? Well, if he's on the four by eight and Braden Henkel's in the four by eight and Cole's in the four by eight and so on and so, Cole's a bad example, but so on and so forth like yeah that that's going to affect those times in the the other the other races and those are those are two boys examples but the the reverse is true on the girl side as well yeah it's it's crazy just the the streak that well again we in southern indiana have had but really for the most part the over the last month it's been pretty good um and just teams needing to prepare for those things if they are going to double and and just yeah, you know, we're not. We might not see those times that we've seen in in the past. The and if it's that point, if it's ninety, the other aspect of it being ninety on June second or June third is that that may be the first ninety degree day, and yes. you're 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 not used to that at all, as opposed to cross country. Like I remember a year it was like eighty two, and they shot the gun off 
for the boys state meet. And I don't know why, but like randomly six months ago, I read the article on the Indy star for that. It's like, whatever I'm paying for it. I might as well read the old articles. And my quote was essentially like, yeah, it was hot, but it was hot all season. Like we were prepared for this. We ran in this after school every day. We didn't run in 90 degrees every day. This is going to be the very, very first time. And last year seemed to be reasonable weather, but two years ago, it was really, really hot on both days, but it was worse for the girls. Although having said that, that year, there were just, there were some girls that not even the the very, very best, but I remember like Corinna James ran great in the 1600 and the 3200. There was a girl from Carmel that ran the four by the 16 and the 3200 and we won the four, but Carmel won the four by eight. She didn't score in the 16. And I thought, oh, she's not even going to show up to the 32. Like, and then she, she scored in the 3200. Yeah. So it's, it's not impossible, but it's much more challenging. Yeah. That's a good storyline. Yeah. So weather, little underrated storyline for you. Um, all right. Number two, returning champions. So on the boys side, there are five events where the champion is a returner. Um, there's four people though. Cole Matisson is obviously return the returning champion in the 16 and the 32. Um, all five of those are so five, I, I should five between events. boys and girls. No, no, no. Five boys. Okay. Five boys. Five girls. Okay, so uh, ten total. Ten total. Ten total events. 10 total events, eight total people. So the girls is the same where it's four people, Hadley mm-hmm. Lucas coming back in both the throws. I bet so, she but, Yeah, but but there's a little, the, the boys is a little more straightforward. <laughs> Hadley Lucas's team isn't going to ask her to run the four by eight. <laughs> Mortgage your chances on a later event, just guessing. Yes, yes. Um, probably be throwing during the four by eight. I, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> well, well d- does it end? D- this will get done pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. How, yeah, I don't know but how long it. Ta- I don't know how long it takes. We we actually Carmel has a contending four by eight and a contender in the disc. So we'll see how yeah. we'll see okay. how. Yeah. Ken Browner splits his time there. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so the uh, five boys events, all five of those returners are ranked either first or second in the current state leaderboard. Mm-hmm. So very good chance to repeat as state champions. Um, the the few I left out were uh, Cody Johnson, Hobart in the pole vault, uh, Bodie Gilkerson uh, of Plainfield in the high jump, and then Nyer Newash Campbell in the 400. Also of Plainfield. On the girls' side... And you know what's interesting to me is that we wouldn't consider any of those to be locks. I think if we were picking yeah. a winner, we would probably pick not knowing exactly what they'll do. I mean, if other than Cole, other than a distance runner, it seems likely they'll do those same events, but like none of them are locks. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they're the state leaders, that's no, that's fair to say. Um, and then that's, that's kind of the vibe on the girl side where it's, it's a little more wide open outside of the throat. Well, I guess the throws feel pretty locked about. Yeah. Um, the hundred hurdles feel pretty locked about. 
with Rachel Manninger. Yes. The other two events are the high jump, which we we haven't seen a jump from Emily Nanenga. You know, I don't I don't want to speculate anything. But then the what was the other event? Oh, the the thirty two hundred. And she's not running. Confirmed. She's not running in the tournament. Who? Cridge. Wait, who? No, no, no. Sutherland. Sutherland won the 32. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so she win something, but will she win the th- Yeah. Will she win right. the 32? That's the right. question. Yeah. And then, the, and then the last one I had was Alexa Smith, who won the long jump, is actually the leader in the 200 right now. And she doesn't even have a long jump recorded in the top 25. The, so, yeah, the long jump is just so odd. I, I would imagine she'll run or she'll she'll jump rather in the sectional. But mm-hmm. yeah, the long jump is. So, yeah. So the, the returning champions, just a lot of opportunity for people to repeat. Um, and then just a, a lot of potential for, I don't know, for fireworks for, for those events and seeing how those returners do. That's interesting. Number three. Second one. Number three. Yeah. Number three. State meet record watch. Um, Okay. So before you even start, (laughs) how much do we care about the state meet records? Maybe you're more of a traditionalist than I am. I mean, it depends what you mean by care. Like if someone. How much do we value them? Not as much peak. Well, maybe it depends on the event. Because like certain events where like a distance event, a lot of time you can win without breaking the state record. I mean, you do that in any event, but like you could go into, especially if you're on a double. Like if you, I mean, we care way more about what the actual best performance is in the history of the state, right? And those so rarely line up perfectly with the state meet record. Some of them do, but most of them do not. Right. So yeah, what value do we put into it? It's uh you 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 know you can say you did it on that day type of mm-hmm. thing. You make a good point. You make a good point. Someone's always gonna keep track of it. Right. And there are you know records. Well, and I think it comes from a place of before we kept track of all records. And this would be going way back, right before the internet or whatever, before even McNulty's best book where he kept the top twenty five, maybe fifty performances in every event. And that, you know, that was quite a while ago that we always had records from the state meet. And that's why we cared about that, because that's what we kept records in. And some kid could randomly in some far flung corner of the state have bettered that in 1978. But we just didn't know about it. But we did know what happened in the state meet. But now that we know everything that's going on, we just don't. It's it's not as valuable as as yeah. the state the state record to the state meet record. It's a good point. But again, it's it's still it's again, I, I just think it's fun it's still to watch something. I don't I don't want to say yeah. it's nothing. Yeah. So here here are four events I'm watching for. There, there's more that I think are possible. Uh but here's four that I'd be watching for. Boys four hundred. Boys forty six is it do you have the records? Forty six nine nine. Okay. By David uh Neville. Yes. Yeah. And then I think that's in danger. I said on an earlier podcast that I think that's in jeopardy. 
I feel now is having thought about it since then, I feel like it's a little safer than maybe I initially implied. Okay. Um, boys shot put Luke Himes has thrown basically the equivalent of what Tucker Smith threw. I think that's okay. Ago. Well, well, you know what? I, Tucker Smith threw 70 feet, but that wasn't at the state. Wasn't meet. at the state meet. What's That's, the state yeah. meet record? 67 11 in a quarter. And that's in danger, but I, if I had to pick one, I would say no. Girls pole vault. Educate me on that. Thir- uh, so Elliot McCardwell went 13 6 and a quarter. Mm-hmm. And Kaylee Swart this year has been 13 6 and three quarters. Just got a got a clean half inch there. Yes. Um, and then the hundred hurdles, which that's Rachel Maringer just being better a year later and breaking her own record. So I th- okay, so off the top of my head, I would say anything I left out. So, it depends uh, on how the races go out. I uh, think the boys' 1,600 could be in jeopardy. Okay. What's the boys' 3,200 record? 851. That's probably okay, but if it's randomly 65 degrees that night, mm-hmm. right. I think that could be. The girls' 3,200 is 10.03. Yep, that's another one I had written down. If Kennedy, if Kennedy is fresh in the 3,200 and Canablo is fresh in the 3,200 or, you know, throw Sutherland into that mix, that could be in jeopardy. Um, the boys four by eight is 737. Yep. And that was, that was the only boys state me record broke last year. There were three. I think, on the I think that, I think that one's okay. But I, I think we every year we underestimate, well, these are the best times going in and whatever team runs 746 yeah. at the, and then they all get together and suddenly Center Grove goes from 756 to 742. And it's like, whoa, how'd that happen? Well, we do it every year and then we forget. Yeah. They're a, a boys individual running event. State meet record has not been broken since 2012. So Just food for thought. So what was that? Uh, puts them in the 32. And that was because that, that was 851. And in my mind, I could check weather underground on this to, to figure out exactly what it was. Because we had a boy run 922 and finish 16th. He was a sophomore. In my mind, that night, it was randomly 58 degrees in Bloomington on in an early June, Friday, Saturday Saturday night. Isn't there a website you can check to find that? Find uh, out what the yeah. weather was? Yeah, Weather Underground. It's like just oh, W okay. and then underground.com slash history. And then you just type in the location and the date, and it gives you all of I use mm. use that a lot. Do you see the time, by the way? The time? Yeah. Like the timer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're good. Yep. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, of course. Good to be back. I'm, I'm really ready for this, for this postseason. Um, 
I'm excited, a lot I'm of nervous, stuff. I'm anxious, I'm freaking out, but I, you and I both coach distance runners, and I think I said this back when it was your podcast, back when all this was just kind of getting started two years ago, which was, you know, our, our, our boys had finished second and third at the state meet in the 3200, and I was like, you know, the normal person just looks at that and says, wow this big school had two guys finish in the top three and that's what you see. And what I see is a lot of work and a lot of eight mile PPMs and a lot of track workouts and things like that. And that's what I think about heading into the tournament. Like, yeah, we're going to watch these races, but only a very select few for each person understands the work that goes into it. And that's what I'm looking forward to see. What, what does this work hold? You ever see the picture of the, the podium on top of the mountain and it has like the ground level as the podium, but then the mountain under the podium. And it's like, this is really how yeah. high, like how much work and not just the few steps on the first, second and third of the podium. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Hey, thanks for coming on and I will see you around and I'm sure I'll text you a lot too. Yep. Thanks for having me Colin. All right. Shout out. Cool. That's it. Thanks man. Perfect. All right. I love my little dudes. They my little guys. I love them.